time to play with pain, where sports and inaccuracy collide. Now, here's your host, veteran sportscaster and the voice of the International Speed Fishing Championships, Jet Waterhouse. Hey, brother! How are you, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. My guest today, ooh, great comedian, great human being, and baseball savant, Paul Sully Sullivan. We'll be doing our midseason baseball primer in just a sec with Sully. But first, time for the Waterhouse Update, of course, brought to you by Minestrone, the minestrone without vegetables. NBA playoffs, the Clippers beat Phoenix and avoid the Stephen King tool shed exit. Paul George playing so confident he may finally get an actual last name. Giannis Antetokounmpo has offered to give George half of his last name. Atlanta playing like their humidity. Thick and smelly. And finally, like a cop who hit minimum retirement age, Damian Lillard wants out of Portland. That wrap-up sponsored by Advocats. Finally, cats will fight for you. America's pastime. No, not applying to host The Bachelor. Baseball. Second round of the All-Star Game voting begins and Texas Governor Greg Abbott vowing to make it tougher than ever. New record seven no-hitters before the All-Star break means one thing. Watered down human growth hormone. That item sponsored by Cinemut. Watch a movie with a dog at Cinemut. Olympics. The U.S. team almost set. They'll jet over to Japan in two weeks, except for Simone Biles, who will vault over. Euro Cup 2020. That's soccer, Bubba. Switzerland upsets France when the French tried to block a penalty shot with only arrogance. And finally, this week in sports history, the date 1906. The place, Lake Forest, Illinois. Scotsman Alex Smith wins the U.S. Open golf tourney by seven strokes over his younger brother, Willie Smith. Said young Willie, that bastard hid my clubs. This Waterhouse Update sponsored by Cacti, the prickly necktie. Discourage those pesky tie oglers with Cacti. Now, finally, talk time. My guest today, witty comedian who is the baseball, what the Navajos were in a code-breaking Sully Sullivan, Sully, how are you today? I'm awake. I'm fine. I'm 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 completely ready to talk all day about gymnastics. I'm all ready for it. <laughs> oh, let's dive into the first ever play with pain mid-season baseball primer. Question mm-hmm. number one for Sully. Let's tackle the big one right up top. It's an exciting game, but is it still baseball? Less stealing than a candy store in a Capra movie. The plate appearances may as well be at a singles bar, score or strike out. We've got homers or strikeouts. Is this still baseball? We're not seeing a lot of advance, the runner, stealing, bunting, that kind of game. Yet it's exciting. What's going on? Well, it's going through a little bit of an evolution, but it's also I love the running game. I love unpredictability. I love chaos. And there's nothing less chaotic than a strikeout and a walk. But that seems to be what everyone's (laughs) aiming for. 
So every single advancement that they're bringing about seems to be how do we reduce the chaos and make it more predictable? Let's make sure the let's move the fielders around so they're exactly where they're going to be so no one has to make diving plays. And for the batters, it don't matter if you strike out as long as every once in a while you hit a home run. And what that means is every game slows down. And yeah. everyone, every pitch, you know, every at bat is a full count and involves the batters removing and putting back on their armor, yeah. you know, before each at bat. And I, this isn't me being grumpy, old man Sully. This is me saying, hey, let's speed it up a little bit. Yeah. And every single advancement, which works by all these advancements, work. But they all bring the they slow the game down. Your Ricky Henderson would lead the league this year with twenty five stolen bases. If you had Ricky Henderson in his prime, yeah. they would say, "Stop running so much, Ricky." Our data says you should not be running right now. Right, and right. so you know the days of a hundred stolen bases. Forget it. I mean, we're, we're yeah, lucky yeah. if we're going to have forty stolen bases. This and year. and uh, I would add that the, <laughs> once the uh, triple Velcro strips on your glove are attached, they're attached. Your glove's not going anywhere. Quick, stepping out of the box and redoing your glove. Sponsored incidentally by Pandemodium. Get rid of your diarrhea and one chaotic blast with Pandemodium. Question number two: Are your San Francisco Giants? For real, they're 20 plus games over 500 with a roster, honestly, Sully, that looks like the extras behind Corbin Burnson in Major League. The, you know, I'll tell you that we, we, this is a very strange scenario that the Giants essentially picked up a bunch of players, presumably saying, hey, we might be Walker to Contender. And if we're not, we can sell these players off at the deadline and get some right. return. Right. They didn't realize that. They would be the first team to 50 wins. They would have the best record in baseball heading into, you know, as we're almost into July right now. Uh, the other time I've seen this happen was in 2013 when the Red Sox got a bunch of players, the Johnny Gomeses, the Mike Napoli's, the Shane Victorinos, saying, ah, let's just put some veterans in there and plug some holes and uh, wait for the prospects to come about. And that team won the World Series. And this team, this Giants team, which is, by the way, they're in a division with San Diego and Los Angeles. And those two teams are good. It's not like Atlanta is wetting the bed in the NL East. And that's what allows the Mets to go in first. No, those two teams are playing well. It's just the Giants are playing at a different level. Are they for real? Maybe. I mean, we've had half a season. I I do think LA and San Diego have the best talent. And maybe over 162 games, uh, that will change. The only thing that I can think of, this is the only logical explanation of why the Giants, despite a roster, which you can see the gum and the Band-Aids holding it together, and they still have to have little Hello, My Name Is stickers on there because none of them know each other, except for Posey and the two Brandons who are left over. So people in the Giants, Giants fans could sit in the stadium and go like, Oh, I remember Buster Posey, that guy I know. Um, The only explanation is uh, my father, we lost my dad this January. My dad was a Giants fan from the days of the Polo Grounds right to the days of Bumgarner and Bochy. He's pulling strings. That's the only thing. There's no angel in the outfield. It's big Kev Sullivan in the outfield who's making sure this is happening. Yeah. (laughs) 
you could throw all the statistics in the world. My dad's ghost is leading the Giants to a World Series title because he said three in the last decade of my life enough. wasn't enough. <laughs> He's got magic guts, too, because I swear a couple of those guys, Sally, uh, were working on my transmission not more than five months ago. Sponsored, incidentally, by Throwbacks, the e-cigarette you light with a match. Question number three. How come... I don't hate the Padres. They remind me a little bit of the Stargell Pirates. Mm-hmm. Some of that, some of that Dick Williams swagger they got, where they're just not going to take any guff. But, but, it, but it's kind of likable. And there's so much speed on that club, they can't help but play a little old school ball sometimes. Well, here's why you like them. They're fun. God yeah. forbid. They're actually fun. They seem to be enjoying themselves. And they seem to realize that there's a window of opportunity for a team like San Diego that's only a couple of years long. Just ask the Royals. That you know, you have a, a you know, it's kind of like a Venn diagram. So you're not gonna have a ten year stretch where the the San Diego Padres are gonna be a pennant contender. So it's kind of like you realize you're in the bouncy house and you're yeah. jumping up and down and you're having fun and you have you know, Machado, who is having a good year, not a great year. You have Tatis Jr., who is having an stratus, you know, and through the stratosphere year, which, by the way, let's just point out one thing. The best player, the best offensive player in the National League this year is Tatis Jr. The best offensive player in the American League is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Their fathers were teammates on the 2002 and 2003 Expos. We should have taken the 2002 and 2003 Expos and put them out to stud and then just sort of build a team of all-stars. But I digress. The fact that they are, you know, that they're having fun, they put the medallions on, the crowds are going crazy, and it's a city that this is their team. They don't yeah. have the Chargers anymore. They don't have the Clippers no. anymore. And the only time, remember, this is the only time in the history of the San Diego Padres that they won the World Series was in the made-for-TV movie, The Kid from Left Field starring Gary Coleman. And so when you have to pull back a Gary Coleman film to have their wow. greatest highlight, this is yeah. them saying, do you know what it is? I'll tell you what it is. They're looking around saying, we're probably the best team in Padres history. And this is a fan base. San Diego is a fan base, which I call Buffalo by the sea. They will never get the credit for being such a tortured fan base because they live in beautiful San Diego. They don't have to shovel their driveway like Cleveland fans or Boston fans or Buffalo fans or Chicago fans have to do. So it's like, oh, how bad can it be when you cut a tube to sort of, you know, go through the pain of a charger or a Padre loss? But that makes it worse for them because they don't even get credit for right. being good devoted fans. I, I'm so not even sure it's, that. Yeah. It's that, fun because they're having fun. They know they're giving their fans joy and they know that this, this isn't going to last forever. So come on. It's like a trip to Vegas. The Padres are a trip to Vegas. Yeah. And that Gary Coleman film, I don't even think they've bothered digitizing that. I'm pretty sure if you asked for it, they just pull it off a shelf and go, hang on. There, <laughs> there, there is a version of it that exists. On- up. <laughs> There's a, there, it's on YouTube, and I think oh. it's on a 15th generation VHS tape because oh, it, it, it has the sound clarity of Brando's last transmission in Apocalypse Now. 
That's fantastic. <laughs> you know, so that's uh, but yeah, they're they're having fun and that's great. fun is yeah. infectious. Yeah, it on the head. Sponsored by Daylight. It's everywhere till about 7 p.m. or so. Question number four: what kind of freaky Friday body exchange is going on in New York? The Yanks are down, the Mets up. Can one guy, Francisco Lindor, make that big a difference? He's like he's like acquiring a great point guard for the Mets. It's just lifted them up. I think, you know, because he got off to a slow start. I think that he's starting to spark the team a little bit. And But you're, you're starting to see some of the bats on the Mets are starting to show up and wake up. And it helps the fact of the matter that their, their pitching staff – even though they they have an injury to Stroman, I mean uh, Degrom's ERA is zero sixty nine up top by five nice zero six nine now sixty nine is always good, but at this point when we're entering July and he's thrown seventy eight he's he he had there was at one point they, they, since then because he let up a couple runs to Philadelphia there was a period where he had driven in more runs as a hitter than he had allowed as a pitcher and that was up until this wow. end. Not, I'm not talking after one start. This is until yeah. late June that finally his earned runs passed his personal RBI total. Wow, I'm going to call uh, that a Sully stat right there. That's impressive. Sponsored on that stat by Smirks, the lemony, sarcastic breathman. I got to ask you this one, question five. What do you make of that whole San Quentin glove and cap inspection going on every time the pitcher wall? What is going on there? I, I it's It's a show. I personally don't care if they show up looking like Bill Murray after he was hit by Slimer and Ghostbusters. I don't care what he has on him. I don't care if he looks like Brundlefly with stuff dripping off of his hands. I could make more 80s films reference, but you think you know what I'm talking about here. I don't care. We all know that they're using stuff. It's a scene from Casablanca. Let's go, let's go later with my film references. Like I'm shocked, shocked. Yeah. There's gambling going on here. I'm like, yeah, we know they've got stick them on their finger. We know that they've got bubble gum or, or tack. I don't care. I really don't care. And I think it's also a scapegoat. Oh, maybe this is why offense is down because they put some stick them on there. And the fact, well, maybe it also has to do with the fact that, defensive positioning is cutting down the number of hits that yeah. we don't care if they, we don't want them to get singles. We want them to swing from their heels to hit home runs. So that means you strike out more. Yeah. That means the analytics, the defensive analytics have improved. And, yeah, they're they, and, and, and every team has three or four guys coming out of their bullpen who could throw a hundred miles an hour. Yeah. It yeah. used to be if you were a middle reliever, it's because you were a schmuck. Yeah. And now you're a middle reliever and, you know, you're throwing, you know, you're throwing like, like J.R. Richard out yeah, of the yeah. bullpen. And the analytics have definitely run amok. And, and I think the officials need to earn uh, the inspection. You don't just, uh, it's not mandatory. What is that BS? I saw Phil Necro confronted by umpires who literally triangulated him and surrounded him. Oh. As he tried to dump he tried to dump a, a eight inch nail file out his back pocket like nothing happened. Yep, that was that was Joe Necro. That was that was Phil Necro's brother, Joe Necro, and he was pitching for Minnesota. But yeah, he just tossed it out. Oh, oh what was that? I think. Well, and he, and he did it in a move like he was doing this move. He went, what, what? And then he reached in his back pocket and did it again. What, what? And in the meantime, this nail file 
<laughs> you got to earn that inspection. You can't just walk into it uh, willy nilly like the umpires are doing now. Sponsored, incidentally, by My Pillow Case. Make every pillow your pillow with My Pillow Case. Ah, question number six. You think the game is on the upswing with a younger generation? And I'm not talking about Gen Z. I'm not talking about trying to get 17-year-old involved. I'll take a batch of 43-year-olds who are just bored with hoverboarding and barbecuing and finally reconnecting to baseball a little bit. Is that actually happening? I think it's happening to a degree. I think the fact that baseball is going to be with the uh, restrictions lifted on attendance. I think people are going to go to the ballpark and some people are going to have that joy of having that communal sense, which we've lost all last year. But a big thing baseball has to do is they have to start lifting all their blackout rules because most people right. don't watch baseball on their TV. They, you got to be able to watch it on your, like my iPhone here or whatever. And when you, most people care about their local team. And most people watch their things on a device. So baseball goes out of the way to blackout games for the home team on their device. Great it's point. Absolutely ben- it's absolutely bananas. And if you want the young people, show up where their eyeballs are. And so, yeah, if you, that's you, true. And it's, so I think that baseball is a great sport for the internet age because it has constantly has new content it's not once a week single day yeah but you got to understand people aren't plopping down on the couch to watch the game they have it right. everywhere they could be and and if you deny that you're denying those young eyeballs right, right. i'm gonna watch on tv because i'm an old fart and it's also because of my that's how i've been living my whole life you don't have right. to worry about my eyeballs. right Right. You got mine. Okay. You, you, you could blade runner them out and I'll put them right back in. But the fact of the matter is you need to get those younger ones. And if you're blacking them out, they'll just move their thumb a quarter of the inch to the left and click on YouTube or click on Netflix. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. And take and, that yeah, for you, granted. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's so smart. Plus baseball is tailor-made. I flummoxed you with. <laughs> with a smart one. Uh, I flummoxed you with facts. They, 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 it's a sport designed for 10 second highlights that should be on YouTube that, that are perfect for the phone. You want to see the three great moments in the game. You don't need to see the other eight innings and bam, there it would be sponsored incidentally by damn it. The most frustrating board game in the world. By the way, by the way, just so you're talking about those great clips yesterday in a game between the uh, Los Angeles, California angels of Anaheim County, Orange County and the New York Yankees, you had three dynamic highlights for everyone to see. Shohei Otani's first game in the Bronx and he clocks a huge home run. That's one clip to show on YouTube. You had a spectacular play by Inglesias throwing a run around at first base and you had behind the pitcher's mound. If you can't get the young generation, you like defense? You like home runs by a guy who's also a great pitcher? Do you like barf? We got it. We got it. Don't black that out. (laughs) Sponsored incidentally by Holland Oats. Oats from Holland. Last question between the White Sox and Brewers. Can someone come out of the East to challenge what appears to be West Division domination in both leagues. Uh, that's an actual legitimate question there. Although I think once uh, the picnic season starts, the Brewers and the White Sox are going to slow down a lot. I just 
<laughs> I think it's a different. I think it's a different answer for the American League than for the National League. I think I would be stunned, especially because Atlanta has been wetting the bed. I thought Atlanta was going to be great this year because Atlanta's yeah. wetting the bed. I would be stunned if a team not from the West appears in the World Series. The only team I think that could do is if the Mets pitching just goes Ignite. goes crazy and yeah. dominates everyone. But the problem with that is in a postseason series, if you have great pitching, you're also going against the team that has great pitching as well. That's what happened with all those Braves teams that had Glavin, Maddox, and Smoltz. And then other teams, like, we're not as good as you over 162 games, but we'd be as good – over seven games. Right. The right. American League is a complete scrum. A complete scrum. So. Every single team. I think it's. I think you're going to have about a bunch of teams between 88 and 92 wins, and I think they're they're all will be good teams, but with some flaws. And it's basically going to be who goes on a hot streak. You could right. convince me that Boston, Tampa, the White Sox, the Indians, the Astros, the A's, even the Yankees wow. or the Blue Jays, if they sneak in. If they get on a roll, right? Because right. every one of those teams have had. You've seen, like, you know, the Rays lose seven in a row; they win eight out of nine. The Red yeah, Sox, yeah. Win, yeah. They, they're all up and down. Like the, it's streaky. The biggest lead that any team has right now is the White Sox two game lead over the Indians. That's the biggest lead in the American wow. League. They're all just teams that fluctuate. So while I do think there are three favorites in the National League. Any AL team, if you said, do you know what? I think the Astros, or I think the Indians, I would say, yeah, I can see that. Maybe. I yeah, can yeah. see that. Just be, yeah. That's know. a kind of a analysis. You're not going to get anywhere else, and you're specifically not going to get it from me. Uh, wow. Uh, what a rundown of those questions. Sponsored, <laughs> incidentally, by three guys from Italy Restaurant. Why do you got to know their names? What's it to you? You like the food? Shut up and eat. My guest today, the always crazy knowledgeable Paul Sully Sullivan. Tell the folks where we can get more entertaining baseball talk with Sully Sullivan. Where do we go? You got to go to uh, the podcast Locked On MLB, which is available on all of your podcatchers. Or you can just follow me on Twitter at Sully Baseball. And I have links to everything I do and some things you would love to see and some things you go like, I, you didn't need to share that, Sully. But I will still do it either way. <laughs> Sully, thank you so much for coming on. You know it. The midseason play with pain baseball primer. Follow me on Twitter at Chet Waterhouse, my comedian buddy at Real Jeff Cesario. Jeff's album, what was I thinking? Streaming now everywhere, wherever you get your albums and the play with pain mugs are on sale over at jeffcesario.com go over there and catch some hey if you want more of me this weekend i'll be calling cage match croquet brings a whole new meaning to the phrase sending your balls sponsored by sweet co's penicillin nut bar munch the pain away with sweet co this is chet waterhouse reminding you to play with pain